We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to this episode of KCSN Update, our daily Chief show and podcast here at KC Sports Network. Appreciate you hanging out and spending part of your day with us. I'm BJ Kissel, going to be joined because it's Tuesday by the Prince of Chiefs content, somebody who was there in Phoenix covering the team inside and out, Mr. Nate Taylor from The Athletic. And uh, we want to thank DraftKings for being the presenting sponsor of KCSN Update. Uh, so if you're the betting type, make sure to go over, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and uh, have a ball. I have a lot of fun NFL betting. I don't know how everybody else fared, but it uh, was a lot of fun. We appreciate DraftKings support. Now let's just get right to it. Let's just bring on Nate and talk a little Chiefs, Eagles, little Super Bowl. Nate, um, are you ready to talk about this game some more? Because I don't, I don't know how much you've slept <laughs> over the last few days. Do you feel prepared over the next 40 minutes to, to continue chatting Chiefs Eagles. No, no, I'm 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 great. Uh hello everyone. Um I did not sleep on I guess Sunday night, Monday morning, uh, but I did get to sleep uh last night. So I, I feel um you know, I feel quite tickled to uh to talk about a game that was I guess in some ways weird to some degree, um, but also um a memorable Super Bowl. You know, that's one of those things that you know, now that we've had 57 of them, uh, you want to be in that other half, that top half, or like it was a good game. It was memorable. There were highlights that you can like point back to. So, um, no, nah, man, it was it was great to be there. Um, we had about nine people at the athletic, in addition to uh, my buddy Robert Mays and Nate Tice, who do our uh, national athletic football show podcast. So we had the whole crew there. Um, that as I was telling you, kind of off. You know, before we recorded, like when your team wins the Super Bowl, you basically become the point guard for everybody. Right. So uh, everybody talks after the game, and so you're. I'm trying to point Russ and Dodd in his direction, and Mike Sando here, and you know what does uh, Dan, you know Dan Huthman, our editor, what does he want? Um, you know, there's there will be an entire week of promotion, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the Athletic is putting together a a a collection of the season, and obviously stuff that we're going to have in this book called. Uh, kingdom's dynasty so uh i get to work on that i get to go to the parade tomorrow um when does the off season start bj because i don't feel like it's starting any time soon which i'm sure is is a is a thrill for chiefs fans yeah our draft content starts this week nate we're not even gonna let it get past president's day before we just start <laughs> putting out all the content we were in vegas getting all these interviews we got to start yeah, putting this content a, out yeah you're in a little different you know spot than we are so hopefully everybody appreciates the 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 yin yang that we that we bring uh to to this to this uh you know coverage of this team but yeah of course um I looked at my calendar it was like so you mean to tell me I gotta fly to my second home Indianapolis in ten yeah. days yep 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 you gotta do that out and and I'll be honest y'all 
I'm going to be cramming for this test because <laughs> <laughs> when your team goes to the Super Bowl, you don't really have time to like obviously spend with prospects. So I will definitely be um, obviously checking out your guys' videos, some of the content I've seen already. And yeah, I'll probably be asking you uh, your honest opinion about Seth, you know, prospect in, in two weeks time. But what a Super Bowl. And um, yeah, I guess, like I said last week, I can't doubt this man, you know? Yeah. Uh, I would I would feel like a fool if I did, and so I'm I'm happy that I'm at least intelligent enough, uh, not not to not to feel like I made the wrong uh sort of projection for this game. Yeah, you did you did nail it in that uh, you're not going to doubt that guy anymore, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays across the NFL. No. Although I've already seen we joke about it, and I did not think it was serious, but there was a way too early 2023 projection, and somebody picked the Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers. ConnorOrfner.com. He knows. He knows the bread and butter. He knows how to get his game. He, he knows, knows exactly what he's doing. I think they're just bopping him on Twitter, and he's just soaking in all the engagement. Um, and NFL.com for gathering all that, all that. What a traction. So let's Nate, let's get into it. Let's get into the five burning questions we've got every week. And this is my my favorite one when we have big games like this because you bring an insight that uh, only a handful of people understand. Somebody who's covering the team who's in that locker room. You know, what was your favorite post game moment? Uh, covering the Super Bowl and going to the locker room. Guys are celebrating. We've all seen the cell phone videos yep. uh, of guys running around doing stuff. It's a fun environment. Uh, but what stood out to you the most? Um, it was, uh, in my opinion, my thoughts. It was the last post game hug between Eric Vietnam and Patrick Mahomes. Um, that that was one that sort of jumped out to me and sort of made me feel, you know, I, obviously you're a human being. You're trying to bring context and perspective. And again, you might read this later in The Athletic at some point. But as it stands right now, um, I think it's more likely that Eric Bieniemy is coaching elsewhere next season than with the Chiefs. Um, and I'm pretty sure both men knew that. Now, obviously, Eric Bieniemy faced a lot of scrutiny last year for how the AFC Championship game went alongside Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But, yeah, just the way that um, still in uniform for Patrick, because obviously he's done the post-game uh, sort of comments on the field with Fox, and he does ESPN, and he does NFL Network, and then he gets to the locker room and he finally sees um, Bieniemy. So, you know, like you said, there's video out of it. Um, Bieniemy, uh obviously found a way to get Patrick alongside Andy, alongside Matt Nagy, uh, to get Patrick to reach, you know, another level, which is really hard to do because he's already best quarterback in the league. And they asked him in a number of ways to get better, and he did. Um, And I know people probably know the story now about Bietamy, his involvement in sort of telling the guys, like, you know, we're going to build this game plan up for this specific moment, probably to come in the second half. And it got them two just butt naked, wide open touchdowns from film study. And obviously, how they wanted to, like, you know, uh, adjust it to their own sort of scheme um, and how it broke the rules from the Philadelphia Eagles secondary in terms of their tendencies. So, um, so yeah, I mean, they've, they've won two championships together. Um, and this is a reminder that one of the reasons why this is a sweet thing for fans and especially for guys on the team is, you know, you know one of the things BNME enemy told uh, Frank Clark, or I guess what Frank Clark told me afterwards, was that, you know, Andy gave Vietnamese, uh, a quite a bit of time on Saturday, you know, the final team meeting before the last game of the season, BNME expressing to the guys that, hey, you know, for some of us in the room, this will be our last time at this particular game, at this particular stage. Um, you know, BNME explaining that, like, hey, I was with the Chargers in 1994. And it took me 2019 to get back. Um, and so for, you know, he, him, him finding a way to make it relatable to everybody on the team, whether you've been with the team in 19, whether you're obviously one of these newcomers or veterans like Jarek McKinnon or, you know, Justin Reed or Mark West Valdez Scanlon. And obviously for all the rookies who just have no concept of like what is normal NFL rookie seasons. So, you know, BNME found a way to relate it to everybody. And breaks that that obviously stayed with them because I think a lot of the guys that are core on the team realize that this team is not going to be the same next year. But yet they all they all had a level of teamwork that I think is truly 
commendable and I think uh, I hope is not um, lost on fans. What you see on the field is obviously exceptional athleticism and quick thinking at the highest degree. But their team, the way they were able to connect with one another, probably from about training camp and especially at the midway point of the season, um, through all the adversity that that sort of uh, Travis Kelsey talks to me about, um, you know, after the game, like it was, it was a really, it was that was a moment that stood out to me. Um, now, did Orlando Brown scream at me in the most uh, loving manner? A, you know, I, I guess I have to look up what what his uh, measurements are again. Uh, but then, of course, I put the I, I, yes, a, a very large human being that bet on himself, uh, and then you know, and then gave honestly the quote of the the quote of the game, which was you know, uh, zero sacks. Go tell him to put that on a fucking t shirt. Um, and I was like, yeah, I, I can I can I can get that quote out sooner rather than later. <laughs> and then I think he beat me to it uh, on Twitter by like a few minutes. So, um, but yeah, but that that was those were the moments that sort of jumped out. But yeah, um, the way Patrick loves being me. And the way BNME uh, sort of explained that how he pushed Patrick to be better, to be a, to be an even better leader, and now you see it through the course of the season. Uh, we saw that on the broadcast a little bit. Uh, the embrace that Andy Reid and Eric BNME had when they were walking out right after the game, it just yeah. it struck me as different, and that it's mm. one thing to celebrate, but it was it was in three months we're going to be like, yeah, they knew then, mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened yet, so you can't confirm it. But it was one right. of those like. They just celebrated like this is the last time that they're going to coach together, not just that they won a Super Bowl in there. So it just felt different when you saw it. Uh, But I love what you said about training camp going all the way back because in mentioning Frank, I mean, we were at training camp. We got the videos of Frank Mm -hmm. working with George Karloftis after practice every day working with those guys. And it just, again, it felt different. That's the kind of buy-in. You talk about championship pedigree, all those things that sometimes it's kind of hard to put a finger on exactly what it looks like mm. until it happens. And you saw it in the second half where they <laughs> overcame everything. They, they overcame mistakes. There were stretches during that game. Now that you look back that we were like, why is Derek Nottie jumping off sides? Why is Frank jumping off sides? Like mm-hmm. he's going to kill us. They missed field goal. All of these things, they overcame all of that and absolutely dominated the second half. So let's move into the second question I've got for you, Nate. And I want you to give me an offensive MVP from this game, not mm-hmm. named Patrick Mahomes. Okay. And then same thing on the defensive side, a defensive MVP for the Chiefs from this Super Bowl victory. Um, the defensive MVP um, is Nick Bolton. Um, I think that's a pretty easy one. Uh, you can make an argument that he scored two touchdowns in the game, even though it's only one. Um, by the way, if that play happens in the 1990s, I think that's a touchdown. Um because it's a bang bang play, but did the guy catch it? Yes, he did. Um, now with today's technology, with the way the rules are set up, um, you can obviously go back and look at these things. I thought the I thought the officiating crew did the right thing of just letting the play play out. That yes. way, it already yep. initiates the review. Um, but look, Bolton was everywhere, and I think kind of to what you know to add to what you just said, BJ, which was um, an excellent observation is like yeah Derek Knighty's offsides Frank Clark is offsides or you know obviously having penalties um there were missed tackles on all three levels you know um whether it's cornerbacks whether it's linebackers whether it's obviously guys at the defensive line who maybe had a chance to you know stop a player near or behind the line of scrimmage and then all of a sudden oh my they got four yards out of that that's that that changes the calculus especially when you know how good the Eagles are in short yardage situations um the man in the second half, it was like somebody, um, I don't want to say like lit a fire under Nick Bolton because I think he was playing fairly well in the first half. And I hope he will get this reference, but it was almost like he went to like Super Saiyan mode. I don't, I don't know if you can see the stress that the Eagles put on linebackers, which is where they've had a lot of success, obviously, in their running game. And Nick Bolton had pretty much an answer for everything the Eagles presented at him. He got caught one time on like this little counter quarterback run where he knows, he already knows where Jason Kelsey's gonna gonna gonna, you know, basically pull. And so he goes that way and then Jalen sort of works off of that. That's the fourth and five that it, I believe he gets more than 20 yards on. So Bolton sort of understands that and is like, I'm not gonna get beat on that again. Um I believe he led the team in tackles. Is that correct, BJ? He had nine times. Let's 
led the team in tackles, obviously made the most game-altering play in the first half, which is obviously the scoop and score. Um, I know he doesn't get rewarded for a forced fumble, but his presence basically forced the fumble because Jalen sped up his timing in terms of switching from one hand to the other with the ball. Um, there's a moment in the second half, and I'm sure you guys have this on video, where Bolt makes a tackle, looks at Nick Sirianni right in the eyes, and like does one of these flexes. <laughs> and it was at that point where I was like, they don't think that the Eagles have anything else to show them. Because at that point in the game, um, I think they hold the Eagles to a field goal. Um, you know, it is clear to me that uh, the Chiefs had better linebackers than the Eagles by a wide margin. And, of course, the guy holding that together is Nick Bolton, the guy who was on the field the entire game. Yeah. I don't know if he was on – I guess, was he on the field for the last hurrah? I guess I need to look up the snap count again. But essentially, he was on the field for – the majority of the game, he played excellent. Um, it's Nick Bolton on defense. On offense, I will tell you um, that it's Andrew Wiley. It's just they didn't give up a sack, guys. Um, now, look, it's hard to sort of to parse out because they averaged, I believe, 6.4 yards a, a, a snap. 6.4 yards a snap against the defense. That had gotten not you know gotten after the quarterback for much of the season. But Andrew Wiley didn't give up a stack at one of the best pass rushers in the league, Hassan Reddick, never got near the quarterback in the second half. Just smothered him. Uh now I've seen on Twitter Hassan Reddick say that the field conditions were his issue. Well, you gotta find different cleats. He said he 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 switched cleats. You gotta find different cleats. I don't care what it is, but like you got a championship on the line and uh when Andrew Wiley won, if you want to look back and, and watch, and I know Brian Baldinger has these videos, he won by saying, I'm going to just lay on you. But just lay on you again, again, and again. And of course, if you're so worried about pass protection, you, you, do you give something in the run game? And nope. They just they just moved him down the field with Isaiah Pacheco. I think Pacheco is also a, like, he would be like my number two. So I would say Andrew Wiley because you knew the left side was going to be protected. You knew when they were going to max protection that, yes, I know Orlando Brown's the left tackle, but they're going to they're going to ensure that at least Brandon Graham or whoever is on that edge is getting two to getting two blockers in front of him. So the way the Chiefs system works is, in to give Patrick the most comfort, we're going to give we're going to give the slide obviously to the backside which means that, hey, the right tackle, who used to be Mitchell Swartz, now it's Andrew Wiley, they need to hold up in those one-on-one situations if the max protection is more towards the back side of the quarterback than the front side. Um, so it was just, it was an impressive game. Um, but the fact that Andrew Wiley, I believe, made himself a lot of money with that performance, and the fact that they didn't give up a sack, that Mahomes was excellent in the second half because he felt protected the entire time, despite obviously aggravating his right high ankle sprain um, late in the second half on a play that was not the offensive line's fault. It was him trying to make a play. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I would say Nick Bolton and Andrew Wiley, and that's one of the beauties of the Super Bowl. If, if those, you know, B-level, C-level guys, they're not the top stars, they're not obviously on the marquee, but if they can make contributions that are significant, your team with the best quarterback in the league, with arguably the best coach in the league, um, that that gives you such a wider margin for error and obviously it led to them winning their second Super Bowl in four years. Andrew Wiley getting paid this offseason would be one of the the few things that I would absolutely love to see. As somebody yeah. you know, you've been around him, his personalities love to yes. see that guy getting taken care of financially. And to answer your question earlier, there were four defensive players for the Chiefs that played 100% of the snaps, played 75 okay. snaps on defense, uh, which is a lot. It's uh, a lot. Yeah. You want to keep it around like sixty to sixty-five. Yeah, yeah. The Chiefs played had fifty-five offensive plays for the the, the handful of five guys for the Eagles that played all hundred percent of their snaps uh, at fifty-five. But the four guys for the Chiefs is Nick Bolton, Trent McDuffie, Legarius Need, and Juan Thornhill. Those are the guys that played every snap. And then Justin Reed missed one play. Uh, Willie Gay uh, played sixty-six of the seventy-five snaps, and then everybody after that was uh, eighty eighty-one percent or below. Guys like Chris Jones. Uh, Frank Clark and company. So uh, we're yeah. going to get real, real quick from a development standpoint. 
you can make the argument that Leo Chanel was a better linebacker on the field Sunday than anybody who had an LB next to their name on the Philadelphia Eagles. That is how good the Chiefs linebackers were, and that is how good the coaching staff has been as developing players who are obviously rookies. I didn't expect much from Leo Chanel towards the middle of the season. He was better than any linebacker on the field in an Eagles jersey. Like, and again, he didn't start all season. He only played it. He played a limited role, but man, he was very good in his limited role on Sunday. Um, so I do want to give Leo Chanel a shout out alongside Willie Gay. And Brett Veach, the rookie class. Yeah. Just give credit to everybody. Yeah. We'll do that more. So we are going to get to the low key moment that you will still be talking about in 15 years following this game after this quick break. Talking with Dave Taylor from The Athletic. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to KCSN Update. We're hanging out with Nate Taylor from The Athletic. I'm BJ Kissel. Appreciate you spending part of your day with us. All right, Nate. What's the one low-key moment, low-key play, and it's kind of hard now because I think so many people talk about moments we shouldn't forget so much that there's no chance we're going to forget them. So <laughs> I'm going to ask you, it's going to be like, we've talked about that ad nauseum. But for you, what's one play that's not you know, the punt return, that the longest punt return in NFL history, but what's a play from this game that you're going to remember in 15 years as being that, like, remember that play, like that one, got it done that you might not see on a highlight reel it's the last play of the third quarter um the chiefs are they have the ball they're moving past midfield they're obviously in position to get ready to score yet another touchdown obviously they score on every possession in the second half but there was a decision that had to be made at the end of the third quarter hey we just got yards hey look at the clock you know by the way the operation flawless in the second half between Matt Nagy, Bianami, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes getting the play to the rest of the guys, them lining up, them running the plays on time. The operation was flawless because if you look at the Eagles, they had issues late in the in the first half and they had issues in the third quarter where they had to actually use a timeout and they had to take a offside or excuse me, a delay of game penalty to move them backwards, which actually helped the Chiefs, I believe, hold them for a field goal. So, hey, we don't have to run a play. You know, the game clock is going to take us through the end of the third quarter. And the Chiefs say, no, 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 no. Line up, run another play. And it's a just lead draw, handoff to Isaiah Pacheco, and they moved him. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment to me where I was like, 
oh, they they feel like they have them. Yeah. It took it took forty five minutes, but they have them now, and we're gonna take you on a ride. We don't have to run another play, but I believe Pacheco got seven or eight yards, and you could tell the Eagles are starting to feel it from an emotional and physical nature, and they pushed them back. And if you watch the broadcast, um, because I rewatched it yesterday, um, Andrew Wiley, now you can't see this on TV, from where my press box was, they ran a play, they get seven or eight yards, um, now they know the quarter's over. Andrew Wiley, like, turns his head to the Chiefs sideline and does this. Like, Hmm. keep it going. We got him. We we have them at our you know, like like we have them basically um, at our leisure at this point. We can basically do whatever we want. And when the offensive linemen show that, that's because they know they're winning up front. Yeah. And of course, the game plan was sort of built on. And I and I said this last week, BJ. I said, hey man, it's a true one versus two matchup. And I knew it was going to motivate the Chiefs' offensive line and the Chiefs' defensive line that they were the two in the one versus two matchup on both sides of the ball. And obviously, Andrew Wiley sort of expressed that after the game. <laughs> but it was clear that the offensive line was like, oh, y'all the number one pass rush? Y'all the number one defensive line? We just moved y'all seven yards when we didn't even have to. So now the quarter's over, and I just want to keep I just want to keep running, running through your neck, basically. Um, what is on the TV broadcast is Orlando Brown doing the same thing. So basically, Orlando Brown is the, the farthest offensive lineman on the play basically move somebody six yards it's it's insane and then he turns to the camera and does one of these you know and the camera sort of the camera sort of you know, sort of comes up and he's he's going he's going to the chief sideline and he's just like flexing and like you know probably a guttural scream sound and it's like when the left tackle and the right tackle are doing that before the fourth quarter starts oh i can see why they scored on every play or on every possession i can see why they scored you know, 24 points in the second half. Um, it was, that's the moment I won't forget. It's Pacheco, like, as a, <laughs> this is what I said on Time Stars yesterday, but I was like, they told Isaiah Pacheco, there's no more tomorrows. There's no more tomorrows. <laughs> this carry could be the last carry of the season. So why don't you run it like it's every, like every carry, every time you touch the ball, it's like it's the last time you're going to touch the ball for the season. So, um, it, it all it all worked out together, but that's the play that that jumps out to me. It's like it wasn't even before the fourth quarter began, um, which is when things obviously pick up. But that was the indication to me that this defensive line is not going to have an answer in the second half. And if you tell me that, how in the world are they supposed to stop them? Because the reason why James Bradbury holds um, Juju Smith-Schuster is because Juju Smith-Schuster got open the entire fourth quarter. And these cornerbacks have not been in a situation in a tight game all season where their pass rush wasn't getting home. So if you give a cornerback, if a cornerback knows, man, I got to cover these guys for like three, four seconds because we're just not getting home. If he runs a sophisticated double route or, you know, obviously change the direction route like a whip route, I may have to hold him because I want to give up a touchdown because – we're not getting any pressure on the quarterback, and the quarterback is in such rhythm because the offensive line is dominating the game. Not really, not really made an impression on me. Yeah, I I love the points that you're bringing up about running. I actually joked on social media during the game that Isaiah Pacheco was running where he was trying. He was running so hard into the ground that I think he was just trying to drive his cleats into the ground so he wouldn't mm. slip and fall. Yeah, he's just like yes. I'm going to shove these things so far down into the yes. ground that I am not going to slip on one of these uh, painted logos, which was about a third of the field. It seemed like it. Yeah, it was second. And, oh my god, it was second and one, and he got 11 yards up the middle. Again, on a play they didn't have to run. We could just let the clock go to obviously to zeros to start the fourth quarter. Nope, let's just line up on second and one, go right up the middle for 11 yards. It's yeah, that that's a play that 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 jumps out to me just because I knew it. I I just knew at that point, like, unless Mahomes, uh, the only they the only way the Chiefs can not score is if like either Mahomes makes a rare mistake or yeah. one of the receivers drops a ball. You know, something something that normal has to happen now. Oh um, yeah, but but yeah, the offensive line deserves just an immense amount of credit. And I and again, I think I kind of knew by the time we talked last week, BJ, that um, I knew it was going to motivate him because. 
uh, yeah, the Eagles deserved they deserved the praise they were they were receiving. I, I want to let Chiefs fans know that like the Eagles deserved to be number one in in defensive line and offensive line. But at some point, the game's gonna start, and you got to prove why you've earned that reputation. Um, and the Chiefs took it away from them. And you can't be considered the '85 Bears. Let's be honest; that's what it turned into at the end of this two weeks of talking about this team. Can't be yep. considered the '85 Bears and not play a, an offense like the Chiefs. I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect, but there were a lot of flowers hey. being given as as the way that that defense was discussed. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the schedule, and it's like it's not their fault that they're playing the schedule that's in front of them. Yep. But they hadn't played him yet. <laughs> they hadn't nope. played a a guy like him. Uh, but let's move on to the next one, Nate. And of all the questions that I've asked you, I don't know if you guys talked about the Sometimes Ours. Uh, it's a great podcast he does with Seth Kaiser and Josh Briscoe. Make sure to check that out, everybody. But it might be one of the most difficult questions I've asked you during the season oh, of all okay. of this. It's a loaded one. I'm actually very okay. curious your thoughts. Which Super Bowl win was more impressive? Super Bowl 54 against the Niners or Super Bowl 57 against the Eagles? It's it's the one we just saw. And I'm not a prisoner of the moment, y'all. Uh, I think I tweeted this, so I'm sure you all have found it already. But I tweeted at halftime, while Rihanna is putting out a great concert, while she, being pre- She turned well, things around for the Chiefs, let's be honest. She came out in red and was like, you know what? She gave them all the time, Thanks. right? I, I'm going to put out an amazing 18-minute set, and y'all going to have plenty of time to get all the adjustments right and get all the personnel right, you know, re-motivate and, like, the Super Bowl halftime, like if you use it to your advantage, really does benefit you. And yes, yeah, she did wear red. I'm glad you you uh, you put that out, EJ. <laughs> Guys, she's pregnant. Okay, she didn't have to do this. She did this for y'all. Okay, she don't have to do this. She got all the money in the world. Them songs are hits. Okay, hits, baby. So she's pregnant. She's not Beyonce. Um. Anyway. For people who are like, I didn't enjoy the concert. I'm sorry. Are you performing in front of millions of people while being pregnant? What the hell is wrong with y'all? Anyway, it's 57 because to the point of Jimmy Garoppolo, did you feel like he had a great Super Bowl? Because I feel like he didn't have a great Super Bowl. No, he missed the one big throw he had to make. Jalen Hurts was unbelievable in that game. They finally put him in the situation that I was most interested in, which is, hey, Jalen, it's fourth quarter. Got to have it, dog. Got to have the drive. Third, and I don't know what it is, but it's third and whatever, and you got to go get it. And then he got the two-point conversion, too, all on his own. He carried them for so many stretches of that game, making absolute dynamite throws where uh, Justin Reed's like, man, I've been smothering tight ends all season. How the hell he get through that? Like, how? How? You know, Legereus Sneeze gets caught looking inside because he believes, well, Jalen can make that throw. I don't know if he can make the one, but why? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Lord, it's over my head. <laughs> it's just one of those things where he played so well. And I love that Patrick after the game was like, we cannot forget how good the other quarterback was in the game. I'm like, you put all the doubt to rest. And, um, you know, I was worried about his shoulder injury like could he get the ball downfield well he yeah. he gave his receivers chances and those receivers rewarded him um for the risk that he was willing to take um the eagles i think are a better team than the 49ers were at certain yeah. spot quarterback offensive line um their running games were pretty comparable obviously you add the running back dynamic to it but yeah it's 57 because the quarterback leaned his hair on rick Holder's shoulders that I was like, oh, I've never seen that. And I've been covering the guy in five years. Like yeah. I think Patrick's uh, pain tolerance level chart exquisitely well, guys. Like I've taught work. Yeah, there were, a lot of, there were a lot of tweets saying, "Let's go ahead and wrap this one up." When they showed Mahomes yes. the kind of pain that he was in, it was like, "Well, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this one up." He's like, "You don't know this guy." Although I'm not gonna lie, that was the first time I was like, "Uh oh." Yeah, that's uh, not a normal thing from a dude that puts up with the kind of things that he had been putting up with throughout his career uh, to show that kind of emotion. Not mm-hmm. great. Not a great feeling. Uh, we sit back and watching it. Nate, I'm curious your thoughts on this analogy that I just thought up of uh, while you were talking, trying to con- compare Super Bowl 54 to mm-hmm. Super Bowl 57, because 
I don't think it's necessarily fair because the feelings, at least from the fans on the outside, I think difficulty-wise, 100% correct. Nothing. The Eagles, they were a better team. It was a better comeback. The The context yeah. of the season and the, the Tyreek trade and all the things we've talked about all year, more special. Yes. But I compare it kind of yeah. like to the Michael Jordan-LeBron James debate and that mm. nothing's ever going to change what MJ did for the game in similar way that no one's going to take away the feeling of that first one when he won down in Miami, yeah. he's like, man, we've got it. It's that's yeah. that's the first one. Nothing's going to change that. Michael Jordan was first. He changed everything about marketing. His impact yes. on the game was greater than LeBron James. But as far as who's the most physically gifted basketball player of all time, like to me, that's LeBron James. But that is not a tier system between him and MJ. And I think it's the same way no, with right. James. And that like nothing's going to change Miami for being the first one. But as far as like difficulty level of getting it done and the team that you were facing and all the context of the injuries and all of that, like nothing is going to be better than 57. Obviously, I'm, I'm biased towards 54 because I had a great view for that one. But yeah, yeah. As far as difficulty level and what they overcame to do it and the injuries with Mahomes and the ankle and all the crap with Cincinnati and this whole run is more special in that kind of way outside of just Miami because it was the first one. If that makes sense, yeah. it's fair. The 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 one in nineteen is special because all those guys are doing it together for the first time, um, yeah. and that's the beauty that can't be replicated, right? Um, you know, whether it's Mitchell Schwartz, whether it's Eric Fisher, obviously Patrick Mahomes, that they have put everything together for the quarterback to really put them over the top. And then, of course, part of that element is everybody's doing it for Andy. Um, right. That was that was the real beauty about nineteen was that like man. Um, we want to be the team that gets Andy his first ring. You know, we we want to be those guys. Obviously, Tyron Matthew had a humongous role. Um, his impact yeah. was enormous that season. And obviously, his production and play matched the moment as to why they signed him. And I and I need to remind people of this. Man, Tyron Matthew was asked to do things that Eric Berry couldn't do. And Eric Berry is a Chiefs legend. So it wasn't he was just filling in some shoes. He was filling in Eric Berry's role and trying to do it at a higher level. So uh, Tyron Matthew always gets a ton of credit at about 90. The the difference this year is um, this is playing Madden on all Madden. Hey, let's just, yeah. you know what? Let's trade away one of the best players. You know, from a Cal standpoint, you know, if he wants to be the large, you know, if he wants to be the highest paid receiver, that is his prerogative. Um, you know, we need to get more youthful at different positions. Let's get 10, 11 rookies on the roster and let's roll. Obviously, this brings us from an entirely new receiving core, which will be the case midway through the season because, unfortunately, McCole Hardman had his injury. So it, it is all new receivers when the postseason begins based on not having any postseason experience with the quarterback previously. Um, yeah, let's just, you know, let's let's just let's just let's go into the Super Bowl with a seventh round running back hmm. and let's go into the Super Bowl with three rookie cornerbacks. It's the most yards the, by a rookie running back drafted after the first round in the Super Bowl in NFL history. Or excuse me, not in NFL history, since 1988. Eric Galco put that that out there. It's the first time a running back had 75 yards and a touchdown uh, drafted after the first round since 1988, like 35 years. Is the there a running there, back had done what Pacheco did. Is there a harder level than all men? What 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 could we call it? But you're asking somebody who plays on easy and gets beat. <laughs> hey, I'm a long person to ask about all that level. Terrible. My son beats me in all video games now, and I I don't even have to like pretend to let him beat me. Yeah, it's just like, like crap. He's really beat. Those, he played 2K those, last night. He's smoking me. When them fingers get going for the young kids, man. <laughs> look, man, my 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 thumb dexterity, my reaction time. You know, slows down, kids. Before uh, we get to the last question, I've got. I got a good one for the last one, but you know what's crazy to think about? And I saw Bobby Stroop put this out, and he's like, not bad for a rebuilding year, you know, greatest rebuilding mm-hmm. year ever. Mm-hmm. Hey, what if the Chiefs really are rebuilding? <laughs> what if this actually was the rebuilding year and they still win and won the damn Super Bowl? Because all these rookies are going to get better. You would all think- these guys that spent their entire offseason getting ready for the NFL draft. Wow. We talk yeah. about it every year. Wow. They spend all offseason preparing to run 40s and answer questions to the media and how they're going to handle film study when they're at the combine and going to all the top 30 visits to these teams. They're not studying to get ready for a season. They're not preparing their bodies to get ready for a football season. And they still went out and played what the uh, Joseph Patton, our sports data guy said, 20 games or it was 
And the seventh most snaps played by the rookie class across the NFL was the Chiefs. The team that just won the Super Bowl had as much production as the top third of teams in the NFL, surrounded by teams that are really bad, that are trying to actually rebuild. And mm-hmm. the Chiefs did it, air quote, rebuild, um, and won a Super Bowl at the same time. But, Nate, we're going to take a quick break. But right after this, I want to ask you, have the Chiefs become the Patriots? You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back to KCS and Update. We're hanging out with Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Nate, final question for you on our five burning questions, and it's have the Chiefs become the Patriots in that everyone who's not a Patriots fan hates the Patriots? Are we at that level already? Have we been at the top for so long now that people just want to <laughs> knock us down? And I say us because, yes, we're a part of this. <laughs> a lot of flack for saying we. I was like, you didn't do shit. You didn't do anything. It's like, I know, but I care. I'm emotionally invested into this. Dude. Yes. Sports sports are supposed to be fun. Um, I, I try not to forget that at any uh, at any point during the season, because uh, yeah, everybody everybody does do work. But you know, the reason why you you, you want to do this is because it's fun. And obviously, I want to thank everybody for um, you know spending time with us all season. Obviously, watching on YouTube or obviously in the podcast uh, sort of you know um, sort of way. Uh, I I want to say yes. Because did the Patriots have a have a have a stretch where they went to three Super Bowls in a four year period? Yeah, they did. Was it fairly early in Tom Brady's career? Yes, they did. Now they won all three. Um, unlike the Chiefs, obviously, uh, we've never had to see Tom Brady play with uh, essentially four uh, backup offensive linemen in the biggest game of the season. So you know, context and circumstances obviously are different, and then those things matter. Um, so I'm trying to keep that in mind, but. Um, they're they're above everybody now um that's just where they are and uh you know there was obviously there were mostly questions that they were going to have to answer differently and i think that's one of the really impressive things about the patriots was that they're going to have to answer things differently you know whether it's lawyer malloy not being a part of the team anymore and then obviously them replacing with rodney uh harrison and obviously them still remaining one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, you know, it's unfortunate they never won with Randy Moss, but they always they always continue to shape shift and evolve. And I always felt like the Patriots were one of the best chameleons, not just from a scheme standpoint, and obviously preparing for a specific type of game for a specific type of opponent, and then obviously adjusting to that to what was necessary to win the game. Um, but yeah, they have the greatest quarterback in the world, man. They have the best coach going right now. Um, they have a coaching staff that will obviously change to some degree, but the coaching staff sort of proved it this year that like they're the best coaching staff. Um, the Eagles had always had an answer, or the Eagles had always forced the issue on the opponent, regardless of whether that opponent was up to their standard or not. Uh, and then they faced the Chiefs, and the Chiefs outcoached them the entire second half. Mm. It's just, I mean, you can't get that wide open twice. You just can't. You cannot. So in a lot of ways, yeah, I, I tend to think that they are the Patriots. Obviously, as I wrote the Athletic BJ, um, they had 30 minutes, in my opinion, and this is why I started the, the story this way. They had 30 minutes during the Rihanna concert to um, become a dynasty, you know, and to obviously win their second championship in a four-year period. Um, I know that some people are saying like, well, if you're saying that about the Chiefs, what about the Giants from 07 to 011? The Giants weren't in four straight NFC Championship games. The Giants were the Giants. Um, give them credit, but like, 
Eli Manning has to be in the most adverse situations to play his best football. <laughs> the guys are being discussed like the Chiefs are right now. No, no. Yeah. The part <laughs> and, and Tom Coughlin's a great coach, but he ain't Andy Reid. I mean, like, yeah. like everybody understands that. I hope. Oh, uh, you know. Part the the part that bothers me is it, and I know that five years obviously it's a long time. Like I. Probably going to come out wrong because I'm saying it this way. This happened long before the Chiefs won this Super Bowl. Uh, that Chiefs fans had been through so much as far as like the brutal playoff losses, the Lynn mm-hmm. Elliott, the no punt game, the mm-hmm. losing to the Steelers a, with like six down. field goals. Yes. Yeah. Like, Touching up as to himself. <laughs> the, yes. The, <laughs> it, the indie game back in 13. Like it. Yeah. So many brutal losses. We talked about, I've said it a couple times this week already, the most consecutive playoff losses by any franchise in NFL history. The Chiefs had a history of just being gutted. Mm. And we finally get good for a little bit. (laughs) And I say for a little bit. And we can't stay just the, hey, everybody's happy. The Chiefs haven't had this for a while. Their fans have been gutted. It did not take long. People were like, yeah, you're not that team anymore move on it's like the Red Sox and the Cubs it's like you love to root for them when they're underdog and once they won it's like yeah we don't really like you we don't like that storyline anymore you don't get to play that card anymore and as somebody that still feels those playoff losses even though we're in the greatest stretch it's just like man couldn't we have enjoyed it for at least another year or two before everybody just had us be that fun team that everybody wanted to hate yeah I mean like they're they've just they've reached a status um that is really hard to accomplish, you know. Um, before the Patriots, of course, it was the it was the Denver Broncos that had won, or yep. the last time they had won back to back Super Bowls. Um, but they did it in, in basically a three year time period. Um, now, part of that is because obviously the quarterback had reached really the twilight of his career, um, and so they had a really good stretch from ninety six to ninety seven to ninety eight. Um, but yeah, I mean. This is this is a dynasty. This is as close to a dynasty that is non-patriot related as you've been since like the Dallas Cowboys of the 1990s. And one thing that I'll give credit to Nick Jacobs from the Fourth and One podcast from Channel 41, um, he needs you know he's done a really good job, and I and I need to do it myself. But like the Cowboys dynasty also was exactly when free agency began. So. In the free agency era since 1993, which of course is when, you know, hey, Joe Montana can pick, he has the ability to pick his own destination. He has his own, he has agency over his own playing services. Uh, Obviously in 1993, you know, they make the trade obviously for Joe Montana, but partly that's because free agency is starting to happen. And like, you can't, like the team just can't hold over. Uh, the player's rights if the player wants to obviously play on the field. So obviously that's a that's a part of history that I think you you want to obviously keep in the forefront. Like in the modern uh, free agency era, obviously with the rookie way scale of the draft sort of being in that, that mid-2000s era, this is as close as you're going to get to the Patriots. Guys, they were in yeah. three Super Bowls in a four-year period. He has never, never played a road playoff game and y'all know who I'm talking about when I say he he has never played a road playoff game ever okay in a six year span five years as a starter it's just if you can't if you if you need another year for it to be proven that it's a dynasty well I guess that will be something that the Chiefs can again sort of conjure up and use to their um use to their advantage from a motivational standpoint but no like um it's time to acknowledge that they've done something that is really, really extremely hard to do. And it's like a revamping of the roster to sort of give them to that place, but they chose to do it proactively. Um, and that's where I think the credit really goes to Brett Veach, to Andy Reid, obviously to Clark Hunt to sort of see the vision from Andy Reid and Brett Veach and obviously uh, believe with it, align with it, and obviously allow his football expertise to, to sort of take it through. Um but yeah, I mean, guys, uh, I think QBR is one to a hundred. He was ninety nine point four, ninety nine point four, because he threw an incompletion that was inconsequential because they ran the most junk, ridiculous, silly, like trick play because they knew. Well, if we don't score here, we'll literally score on the next snap. Okay, 
he had a 99 point four off a hundred because he was that good in the second half. So dynasties are built upon success and obviously exceptionalism. And that was the most exceptional half of football for a quarterback who didn't have to throw the ball downfield. Mahomes built his entire reputation on deep passes and God, like world, like world's colliding highlights out of the pocket. He stayed in that pocket and he just knifed them and diced them all the way down the field Had the offensive line and seat and all the skill position players smartly and aggressively playing at the right moments at the right time, the coaching staff and the operation and the play calling and the scheming was immensely incredible. Patrick Mahomes Mahomes attempted one pass beyond 20 yards in the Super Bowl, and he was MVP. One pass beyond 20 yards down the field. And one thing we have not talked about yet this week, and it's Tuesday, so I feel bad for this. We have not talked. I just saw Bobby Stroop uh, text out the picture. I've seen it or tweet out the picture. I've seen a couple people do that uh, as well. Jarek McKinnon's decision to slide at the one-yard line to kick the table and not give Philly a chance to get the ball back. Those are the little things where it's like smart smart decision, smart football. And that's why we're talking dynasty. It's why you guys are writing a book at the athletic called kingdom dynasty. Kingdom dynasty. Yeah. The kingdom. We already using the D already using the D word. So we appreciate everybody for hanging out for this episode of KCS and update talking chiefs, Eagles, super bowl dynasties, all that good stuff with the athletics. Nate Taylor. Nate's going to continue to join us as things happen throughout the off season. We appreciate that. We appreciate everybody for hanging out. So, uh, yeah, we'll have more content. Uh, KC Sports Network breaking this one down and starting to look forward. Draft content, draft season. It's here. <laughs> Combine in like three weeks. Let's go. Appreciate Let's everybody. Go. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.